Welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast, where you will learn everything you need to know about running a successful sunless tanning business. We will interview some of the industry's top business owners to find out how they took a passion and turned it into a prosperous business. And here's your host, Grant Conscious. What's up, Happy Tanners? Thank you so much for joining us on episode 99 of the Happy Tans Podcast. On today's episode, we have Erin Nene. She is actually a franchise owner of the ITAN franchise out in the San Diego, California area. She's also opened another uh, boutique as well, in addition to what she already owns through ITAN. She's been in the industry for a number of years and is actually a mentor and coach for a lot of business owners. She spoke at Kelly Callahan's event last year, and I was introduced to somebody who was so intrigued by her speech and her vision and mission that she is actually working with her as a coach and she's only had wonderful things to say about Aaron. Aaron has a ton of information to share in this interview including how she rewards her employees and her staff because now that she owns multiple locations she obviously is not able to operate them on her own. So this is a very helpful interview for those who are looking to or who have already hired people because that is always a sticking point and a challenge for any small business as many of you may already know. Erin also has a ton of other insights to share. Even though she's still young, she's been in the industry for quite some time. She has an amazing story and journey, and I do not want to take care I do not want to take away from that. So I will let you all listen to that on your own. But Erin, thank you so much for joining us. And Nikki, thank you so much for introducing us. We're so glad that we're able to uh, connect, and that's Nikki from Milk and Vivid uh, out in Colorado. Thank you so much for introducing us, and Aaron, thanks for sharing your story. It was a wonderful one. And as always, the Happy Tans podcast is sponsored by the Happy Tans website builder, the first and the only website builder created specifically for the sunless tanning industry. Not only do the websites look beautiful, but they help you grow your business. They help you get found online using our SEO or search engine optimization tactics. We take care of all that technical stuff for you. We help you get found online. We help you grow your business. We think that a website is not just a brochure or something that should be pretty. It should be an investment. It should be a tool that produces an ROI or a return on investment. If you don't have a website or do have a website, come check us out, happytans.com. Click the create your website button. We have a complete white glove done for you service where we'll completely build out the site for you. All we need is a little bit of information, and our turn, our team can turn the website around and have a new website up and running for you within, within as little as one to two business days. If you have any questions, you can always ask me, grant at happytens.com. I'm always here, more than happy to help. I love feedback. I love connecting with each and every one of you. So if you even just want to reach out and say, hey, I'd love to hear from you, grant at happytens.com. Thanks so much again for joining us. Thanks so much, Nikki and Aaron. I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Enjoy the episode, and happy tanning. Hello and welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast. On today's episode, we have Erin Nene from San Diego, California. She is actually a franchisee of ITAN. How are you doing today, Erin? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I was introduced to you through somebody who was uh, saw you speak. I was at Kelly Callahan's event, I believe. And they were right. interested in, uh, they, they just said your story was wonderful and, and everything about you. And I think you're mentoring them. So I was like, well, I'd love to connect. So we connected and here we are. I wanted to... Uh, to share your story. So for those that don't know you, maybe they weren't at Kelly's event or, or maybe have never heard of you. Obviously, this is such a vast uh, industry. I'd love for you to take a few minutes to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and how you even got into this industry in the first place. Yeah, most definitely. So um, 
I am a mom of four as well as a wife. And 16 years ago, I was working behind a desk in corporate America. And the only glimpse of sunshine I could get was all the way across the office through a skinny little window. And through that, it opened my eyes to know and to kind of start digging deeper within myself to realize that that really wasn't for me. But honestly, I had no idea if that wasn't for me really what was. So to make a long story short, I visited a local tanning salon, getting ready for my upcoming birthday. And as soon as I walked in and smelled the smells and the um, music going and really just felt like that, you know, welcoming vibe, I was like, hey, maybe this is what I should do. And as crazy as it happened, three weeks later, I was on a plane to New Jersey to get ready to open my store, gave my resignation and really jumped all the way in into opening my first tanning salon here in San Diego. Wow. And you said from New Jersey to San Diego? Yeah. So it was um, part of a tanning franchise um, back then, which was Hollywood Tans. um, And their franchise headquarters was in New Jersey. So as soon as I gave my resignation and everything, the timelines lined up, it was like, all right, well, then you got to get on a plane and learn about this tanning industry that I knew nothing about. Um, (laughs) So I spent a week there um, just diving in and learning everything there was to know or everything I thought that there was to know, um, came back and three weeks later, open the doors to, um, the location. Wow. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was like that quick and yeah, that's, that's quite uh, intriguing for sure. It was that quick. And I think the beauty of it is I was freshly turned 21 and, um, don't know if I would have, you know, made those same choices today and <laughs> jump so quickly in like I did. But I think that was the beauty of it is I was so fresh and so motivated and driven and just had this vision and didn't see any reason why it wouldn't, wouldn't go right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what, what, I'm curious what kind of requirements there were the, for the, for the franchise back. I mean, it seems like a lot of liability for them, I guess for you, I don't know. Yeah. So normal franchise um, requirements, as far as um, having a financial you know, stability, yeah. being able to get a lease, being able to get equipment leases. So um, I had recently purchased a home, um, you know, I would say maybe like six months before that. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll take out every penny of equity I have in my house and leverage my house in order to one, show my financial strength and two, be able to use this money to purchase the franchise and get loans for the rest. Mm. Okay. And and that worked out, I guess. <laughs> hey, it ended up working out. There's definitely some points where I realized what I did um, because if something happened to my business, it was going to have a trickle effect that I didn't pay attention to when I'm freshly 21 and <laughs> super excited for my business. That was going to be so amazing and lucrative. Um, so yeah, lots of stuff I would do different now, but, um, definitely a crazy way to start. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, one of the biggest points and we talk about this all the time on pretty much every episode, it comes down to like, just not, not, not only just jump, but like take, use the momentum, take, you know, move in the right direction. And, and obviously it doesn't have to be quite as, uh, Uh, quite as extreme as maybe yours was and a lot of people aren't in the position to do that they have family and and all that so obviously everybody's situation is different but nevertheless 
you took the the gamble and bet it on yourself, which is wonderful. And obviously it's paid off uh, over the last 16 plus years, <laughs> obviously, since, since that happened. Yes. Lots of, lots of, lots of, lots of bumps, twists, turns, road, yeah. tours, all of that. But yes, I'm glad I can be sitting here today telling you that it um, through all that and times I definitely didn't think it was going to work out. Yeah. I'm able to sit here today and say it has. Yeah. Well, something I like to touch on, you know, we can get to that now because it kind of feeds right into it is, is kind of like the highs and lows of, of being an entrepreneur or being a, you know, a business owner. There's so many things you have to go up against, come up against things you don't expect, things you may see coming or not see coming. So let's start on the, I guess, the, the negative side of that, as far as what were the biggest uh, learning things that, uh, or not learning things, what, what was the worst thing that happened to you in your business so far? I don't, I don't like to call them negative because I think they're all opportunities for growth and you learn so much from those things. But obviously in, in the grand scheme, it probably was, was you thought it was <laughs> like, well, this is the worst thing ever. Have you had any moments like that? Or what was the, what was the worst moment, I guess? Man, 16 years, I've had so many. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think one of my greatest lessons was exactly what you talked about is that first I used to view them as failures or used to view them as, you know, they felt life ending or, but really I realized that those were the times that my biggest growth and biggest opportunities came out of. So I would say the one that sticks out the most would be the 2008 financial crisis. Mm -hmm. So I opened the doors to my business in mid 2006 in May and tanning is seasonal. And all that learning that I did, I had no idea that tanning was seasonal. Mm -hmm. So I opened my doors in May and, you know, right on the brink of things about to slow down and me having no idea. So right away, um, within the first couple months of business, I had, you know, a tremendous loss um, just from the seasonality of the business. And then come that next year, you know, or two was the major, major financial crisis, which then changed our economy forever. And my business wasn't built. There wasn't a solid foundation. We hadn't built a clientele to be able to sustain that. And so everything that I thought I knew about business and everything I had worked for from the time we prepared to open seemed like it was all coming crashing down mm -hmm. because people were canceling at an alarming rate. The lines that were, you know, coming, flowing out the door were no longer there and um, the climate would just change so quickly and, you know, every, can't afford it, can't afford it. Uh, everybody was just basically saying that, you know, ne personal necessities were kind of put on back burner. And that was mm -hmm. definitely what my business was considered. So um, I would say that was probably the hardest time because I had to figure out a newly opened business that did not have a foundation that I used all my money to get my doors open, to make it through my first quote unquote slow season, I was tapped out and I had to now figure out how am I going to make it through this economic downturn that the whole country was fighting against. And um, that was like the real first time that I ever thought, you know, I'm not going to make it. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to have to consider myself a failure because it's not like, how am I possibly going to make it through this? Yeah, that was my first. And through that, a lot of challenges occurred. Um, the franchise that I was in ended up going bankrupt. And then it was like these professionals that I was learning from that, you know, was really guiding my way that was gone. And through all of the challenges and, you know, financially, you know, 
really exceeding, um, exceeding what I actually like could and Mm -hmm. uh, having all these things, it opened up the doors to one of my biggest opportunities in business to date. And that was one of the greatest lessons I've learned. And so short story, the, the franchise going bankrupt actually let me out of my lease. And it was a little bit of a loophole to get me out of my lease. And where I was located was a brand new shopping center that had now become desolate because of the economic downturn. So now I was a small business surrounded by nobody. Everybody around me had gone out of business. I needed to get, you know, you know, it's 2010 now we're coming out of it. I needed to get somewhere where people were going to see me and drive by and more of a center that was going to attract clientele. So getting out of my lease was enabled me to move my location into a brand new shopping center that was a daily need center that was ended up being one of the best things I ever done for my business. And the lesson that it taught me was that in all these hardships and all these things that feel like failures and everything that's crashing down on you, there's opportunities in them if you open your eyes and let yourself see them. Mm. And so my next hardest thing that I've ever gone through was COVID. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that I have to shut down my in-person service type businesses completely. The expenses didn't stop. The rent didn't stop. Here in San Diego, unfortunately, we didn't get help. Our landlords you know, said, we have bills to pay too. Right. So my saving grace was that in 2008, I made it through, I learned a ton, I grew and through all of that, that felt like it was life-changing and business crushing came my biggest opportunity, which was to relocate my business. And through COVID, as hard as it was those first days and being shut down and in California, we were shut down, seemed like forever. Mm -hmm. I reminded myself, Aaron, you've been here before and reminded myself that these are the times when the opportunities come so I can stay down and bury my head and feel bad for myself that I don't know how me and my family are going to make it out of this, or I can pay attention and start searching for the opportunities that this was going to provide me. And I can so proudly say that COVID opened up brand new doors for me that have really launched me into the next season of my life. Oh, that's great. Do you want to share, share some of that? Yeah. So um, when COVID happened, we had four business locations, three being tanning Mm -hmm. Um, and through COVID and opportunities coming and knowing they were coming and searching for those, we were able to add location number um, three. We, sorry, it's kind of confusing. We (laughs) Location, uh, relocated the location. Um, so yeah, we relocated a location, which was already in the plans, but I can tell you that I got an extremely stronger lease than I would have back then. Sure. But then we went from two, uh, from three locations to two, but that was already in the plans. We added location in November of 2020, which seemed like a crazy time to do such a thing, but it was a big opportunity that didn't look shiny, but I knew it was going to be one day. And then most recently, um, over the last month, we've now added two other locations. And so currently I have five locations um, of tanning and one medical spa, but it's kind of like all the dominoes were an effect of all the opportunities that came our way through these little opportunities that came from COVID. 
Wow. Uh, yeah, that's quite a story. It's it's always like, you know, the famous Steve Jobs quote, like the dots don't connect until you look backwards, right? So you look at Absolutely. Yeah, probably all those sleepless nights back in 08, 09, 2010. Now again, here in uh, was that 2019 or was it 2020 when it happened? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, now it all connects and looking forward, you're like, wow, I wouldn't have gotten here without all these things. And I'm sure those tests and and how much stronger it made you like certain things that would come up in between, you know, 2008 to 2020 probably were brushed off or, or just seen differently because of what you had gone through right when you started your business, which would have deterred and just co- completely put the, you know, the brakes on so many people's, you know, entrepreneurial journey. So that's great to hear you're able to overcome those things. Do you, uh, do you like attest that to anything in particular? Like, was it somebody like cheering you on or was it the, you know, being in that, the Hollywood tent, like were those people there to help you? What what was it that that helped you stay determined and, and on track? I think one of the things that was my one of my first lessons in entrepreneurship was you have to be your biggest cheerleader. Mm. I came from a job where you know if you hit certain numbers, if you did this, you're getting recognition. This that to now a place where. I have to be my own recognition. There's nobody cheering for me. There's no one clapping for me when I have my highest month. There's no one there picking up the pieces when I've had my worst month ever and can't pay the rent. And so quickly I learned that it was going to take me betting on myself and me really investing in myself, always working to be my best self, investing in myself businessly, personally, so that I'm always growing, filling up my cup so I can continually pour into my business and my team. And so I would say that, yeah, it was learning that, there aren't the cheerleaders, there aren't the people clapping, the hard days, you're not going to have maybe friends and family that understand what you're going through. Um, And so in through that, I think it lit a burning determination within myself that things are going to be thrown my way. Things that are going to be harder than I ever imagined. Mm -hmm. And it's really going to take my determination, my strength to get up every single morning, know why I'm doing this, be able to be on at all times, being a business owner there, you don't have days off. You don't get sick days. You don't have any of that. So once I realized that it's like, I understood what my mission was. And I understood that I have to show up as my best self every day. And I had to learn what is it going to take in order for me to do that? And from that day forward, I've shown up with a burning determination uh, to really, you know, make these businesses successful and knowing that as an entrepreneur, it's up to me for that to happen. And no, I can't control the outside effects, but I can control how I show up and I control, you know, what I do when these things are thrown at me. And so that's kind of like what I've always used to, to really keep leading me and keep me going even through the hardest of times. Yeah, that, that's great. That's a great lesson. Everybody can learn something from that. I think one of the things you mentioned when you first started on that topic was the, you know, being your own cheerleader. It's so easy to cheer for other people, right? It's so easy to somebody comes to you with an issue, you want to uplift them and help them. But so often we don't do it for ourselves, which I know personally, I struggle with, you know, even like a self-belief thing. You're like, why can you not do it? And then you're like talking to yourself, like you, what are you thinking? Why are you going to do this? You don't know what you're doing, but you'll tell somebody, your neighbor, like, Hey man, you could do, you you could do that for sure. Just put, you know, whatever. Um, But a lot of people have an issue with that kind of self-belief. And I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that you know, uh, for me, at least I see that like kind of like a momentum building thing. Like you kind of go through all these different challenges and 
ups and downs. And then you see like, Hey, I made it through that. I made it through that. Of course I can make it through this yeah. too. And I'm sure you can relate. And, and like I said, now you might have things that could have completely deterred you early on in your career. Now you're like, Hey, this is just par for the course. Let's go, let's roll with it. Let's figure it out. And that's kind of what it is to be a business owner, entrepreneur, whatever you want to call it. Um, in this case, it's kind of the same thing, but you, you, you learn to roll with those punches. You learn to that those are just opportunities for you to improve, or like you said, kind of open new doors that you would have never have seen without these things happening. Absolutely. Yeah. So those the challenges, you know, a lot of people are, are, are even just starting their business or considering starting their business and they're not sure what to do or, or what path to take, or if they even want to do it in the first place, right? They have all these questions. They got to invest the money and the time, but ultimately, you know, taking the steps to get, to, to get there, obviously you have to try it. Anything you try, obviously you can try something out. It might not work for you, but you know, you can always come back and do whatever you're doing. Right. So you, yeah. you, you, you might've viewed that too. When you left your corporate, you're like, I could always get another job. Right. So whatever, let's just go for it. And yeah. you know, worst case I'm 21, I can get another job. So, right. uh, but you, I, I can't imagine the path you would have you know, your life would have taken, you probably have thought about this too. Like if you hadn't have done that thing, right. So it's the same, everybody can look at and say that, uh, but at the end of the day, you just have to make sure you're making the right decision for you. Right. Exactly. I mean, it could have gone so many different ways. I could have always gone back. I could always figure it out. And it's like, it's true with anything in life, right? It's like, are you going to look back and wish or regret or, are you going to move forward and really create that action plan and map it out and figure out what's best for you and go for it. And knowing that, you know, whatever, however it ends up, it's never a failure. It's always, there's always lessons. There's always opportunities and maybe it does work out and that's awesome. And maybe it doesn't. And it leads you to another great opportunity that you wouldn't have had before. So it's, you're never going to lose when you bet on yourself and when you go all in and you map it out and plan, right. You, you won't lose and yeah. you just gain and it just might look different than what you would have thought. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, and you learn so much in that process that you'll learn stuff that you never knew about yourself too. So I completely agree. yeah, it's part of the beauty of it. And I know you do some, some mentoring and coaching, whatever you want to call it. So you, you help a lot of, of people that are probably small business owners, entrepreneurs, what are some of the biggest hangups that you see from your perspective? I think the biggest one is, you know, self-belief and mm. confidence. And, you know, everybody just kind of gets hung up on if they can do it or if they're doing it right or, you know, the confidence. And it's like, man, you, you got this. Like, you know what you're doing. You are the trusted professional, but we don't give ourselves enough credit. And, you know, we're, we're constantly thinking we don't know enough or have enough, or it's not, you know, their turn or whatever. And it's like, yes, it is. Like once you step into that and you believe in yourself and every morning you can pick yourself back up from a hard day and you can walk in and have that same fire and desire that you had before. It's like, this is for you. You can make it big. Um, and just really just believing, I feel like that's really the first step. And that's where people are hung up the most is I'll hear them. And I'm like, you know, this, you got this, mm -hmm. but what I love most is being able to cheer people on someone who's been there before someone who knows what it's like, someone who's, you know, not only has the vision for themselves, but I can see it so clearly for others. And so I love being able to help and navigate with them, but most really it's like just telling them and showing them and that, and reminding them that they got this and, and they are doing it right. And these things are normal and keep showing up and keep going after it and keep pushing. And so um, 
it's so beautiful when I'm able to really be able to just help someone see it um, a little clearer since we're often, you know, so hard on ourselves. Yeah, we are. So it's uh, imposter syndrome, right? It's like, why, why me versus like, just going for it. And I, you know, one of the best analogies I would say is like, imagine a dentist their first time doing, you know, some kind of dental work. Obviously they're just out of dental school. We think they're a professional, but this is their first time on their own. They're nervous. Just like the first time a spray tan artist goes to give the first tan, right? It's the exact, you know, different, obviously situation, but the exact same scenario where it's like, this is their first time. They have to build up that belief. They've sure they've gone through the training, but it's not, it's a different situation when it's on your own. Right. So it's the same thing, but comes back to self-belief, which so many people struggle with. And and I'm sure you can relate. And when you're helping, you know, coaching and mentoring people, you probably see people have all the answers. They already know it. They just need somebody else Mm -hmm. to say, yep, that's right. Go do it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So you probably see that a lot. And, and, and I see, you know, for me, I get a lot of emails from people that are looking to get started. Right. And they're, they're in this, it seems like the self-belief is one of the biggest hangups. They're not started. Maybe, they might email over a couple months and they're just not quite sure how to get going or, or they might question every little thing. Whereas on the flip side of that, there's some people that I know that even the people that have been on the podcast, they jump into, they might not even trained or done anything. They just went bought a machine, started spraying people. And now look, their business is thriving and it's growing and all these things. So again, it comes back to the self-belief. These people obviously have the self-belief and just starting, starting to move to get that momentum. And once you have that momentum, it just keeps building on itself, which, you know, right now you're in a very, you have some very good momentum, obviously with the fourth and fifth store opening, I'm sure you're looking forward to keep that momentum going uh, right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. So for you as a, uh, a franchisee, obviously you have the, uh, I guess the, the fortune of leveraging, I guess, a brand to help grow the business. Are you independently responsible for your location as far as the marketing and and getting new clients in the door? So um, the marketing is done on a brand level. Um, However, our local store marketing is done, um, you know, by location and then getting responsible for getting people in my door I absolutely is my responsibility, right? (laughs) It's like they might come, come in because of the name on the outside, or maybe they, you know, saw a bigger campaign, but it's like them getting in that door. It's, I have to be ready to take over and provide an exceptional customer experience. I have to, you know, be active in my community. It can be, you know, it could be a known name, but no one knows you exist in your community. So, um, I would say that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions about franchises is that, um, yes, do they do everything, but it's to an extent, it's like, you got to really take over if you want to really be successful in it. No one can do everything for you. And it just, you know, be a plug and play. It's like, you have a huge responsibility to meet right there and put in the same amount of work on your local level, on your store level to make sure that your stores are successful. Yeah. Yeah. I I think a lot of people get caught up in that. I'm assuming, I mean, I'm only, I'm thinking of like restaurant franchises and things like you got the name, but there's so much more to it. Yeah. And not only that, um, this is something we get asked a lot and people have extreme issues with, especially now is the staffing and employees uh, and you, I'm assuming are completely responsible for staffing every store and maintaining that. Um, Any, any advice? I mean, anything you give the people that, you know, are looking to, 
maybe bring on their first employee. Maybe it's, maybe it's the second, third, fourth, whatever it is. But I think a lot of people struggle with that. The challenges of the trust issues, um, a little bit different in your situation because some of these people are running these small businesses that don't have, you know, the, the franchise above it. So they're like, Hey, they're going to take my secrets and go run with it. Right. So I'm curious about any advice you give to somebody that's trying to hire um, some staff or, or maybe their first employee again, maybe their third, fourth, fifth, whatever it may be. Yeah, I would say one of my specialties is definitely teams and building teams and building successful, you know, company cultures. But um, on my medical spa side, it's, you know, mom and pop, single location, all me. Um, And I, and, you know, my tanning locations before joining ITAN and coming out of Hollywood Tans were also just me. So I've spent a lot of years in the just, more years in the just me than in the franchise world. But- um, I just had a coaching call with one of my, um, wonderful clients and, and through this, which this is one of her concerns is she's ready and needs to hire and bring somebody on, but she's afraid that they're going to take her training and run with it. And it's something that I hear all the time. And it's something that's happened to myself several times. Mm-hmm. And at first it was devastating to me and I couldn't believe it. And I just, you know, it was, it was just you know, how do you, how do you meet in the middle and do both well? Right. Mm -hmm. So now after all these years and stepping back and what I really teach my clients is that it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You are going to hire somebody who ends up trying to duplicate what you're doing. Are they going to be able to do it the way you do? No. And if all they knew was the training that you gave them, but you're constantly evolving and looking for ways to do your business better and growth and looking for all the things to continue to do it at a high level, they're not going to grow at your level. They're not going to be able to do it as you do it. So just know that it's part of the business, right? Mm -hmm. And instead of worrying and wondering when it's going to happen, know it's going to happen and prepare for it that way. It's going to happen one day. So whether that means that, um, you know, you have a course to train, charge for your training. So you're getting compensated and the people who are paying are, you know, serious, or you just know that you prepare them, but you're constantly evolving. So what they can take from you in that short period of time, or that period of time that they're with you is never going to amount to what you're delivering and who you are and what you've established your business to be. So don't get hung up on that. And um, at Slay the Spray, I actually um, spoke and I entitled it, um, your next level requires you not to do this solo. One of my biggest things that I waited so long to do was hire and and trust. It's like, I wanted to do everything my way for so long and take it all on. And all that led to me, you know, was for me to be burnt out and not having, not being able to operate my business at a high level. And you have to look at where you're trying to go, not where you are right now. If you're trying to build a lucrative business or trying to have multiple locations, it's like, you cannot be worried about the one person that's going to come along and try to duplicate what you're doing and never be able to do it. It's like, I knew that I wanted to have multiple locations. So if that's the case, how am I going to do everything and do it all if that's where I'm trying to grow to? So a lot of people get so stuck on where they are now and they're trying to build a business, but focusing on where they're at now, which is never going to get them to where they're trying to go. So in the large scheme of things, it's not as big of an issue as we get hung up on. It's like, is it going to happen? Most likely. 
Is it going to be the end of the world? No. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be able to move past it? Yes. And you're going to be able to do it way better than you thought because no one's going to be ever able to duplicate what you do, especially when you're continuing to evolve and invest in yourself and your business. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great answer. Great response. And I, you know, I've dismissed the medical spa in my mind. So thanks for bringing me oh, back yeah, around yeah. to that. Yeah. Cause that, that is completely different. And the Hollywood uh, 10, I didn't know was a, kind of a separate situation, but that that's great advice. And I think, like you said, people get so hung up on that and it's like, Worst case, somebody does, uh, you know, copy everything you do and go start their own thing. At the best case, they're just going to be able to keep up with you, right? They're if they're copying you, then they obviously don't even have the resources exactly. to do it themselves. Like, you know, go get trained somewhere and start your own thing if you want to learn from me. And and at the end of the day, it's not like it's a, a rocket science thing that somebody cannot replicate if they just thought it through, right? It's uh, a lot of people get caught up. They're going to learn my technique and this and that. And it's like, okay, so what? <laughs> they're, they're still not you. They're not your brand. They're not your business. Um, and if you want, like you said, if you want to go multiple locations and all this stuff, eventually you have to remove yourself from that equation and say, how can this work without me there? Uh, what would that require? And obviously the first step is getting the right people in the door to, to help you with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> a lot of challenges there, hard to find, uh, the right people for, for you how do you go do you how do you go about the actual hiring process is it like looking through people you know first or is it just like posting out to to any to the you know social media world or whatever it is that recruiter who knows but how does that look for you um it's funny when I first started that was my first thing is like oh if I get like trusted people or friends or yeah. family friends or people I know that's definitely gonna be great that's absolutely the route I do not go. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Good because to know. if you think about it, even like having to hold your friend accountable, or if you're trying to run a business and you have systems in place and they're not, you know, their work ethic may not be what you thought it would be, or it's how much harder is that for you mm. to be able to really show up and run your business versus if you have a business relationship with someone where no lines have been crossed, you're able to truly, you know, create the business that you want, hold them accountable, have these systems in place. Um, so I do not, um, I do not mix that just because um, it's just so much harder and the emotional that it brings level that it brings in. It's just not, I've been there, done that. And it's definitely, I love to find new people and make them, you know, team members that become like family um, from working together. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody who's worked with a friend and then I had to manage people that were friends. It's super, <laughs> having those conversations oh, is so hard. Yeah. It's so awkward. <laughs> and then, you know, going home and one of them was my roommate going home and living with them. I was like, this is, this is interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely stay away from that. Do you, how do you like, um, incentivize people that work w with you? Ooh, I, it's a great question. I do so many things. So, yeah. um, I like to pride myself that working for my company is like working for the Google of ITN. I mm. think outside of the box, I treat you like family because that's truly what you are. You're an extension of us. You represent me and our name and my family name. And so I go above and beyond for my team and really help them see that I understand I wouldn't be where I'm at today without them. I can't be in five, six places at once. And, um, I can, can only do so much. And so I try to lead in a way that motivates and inspires them and really empowers my team. Um, I, you know, I went from being the person that wanted to do it all because I wanted it done a certain type of way. And if I didn't do it, then it probably wasn't going to be done at the level I wanted it to now. It's like, I let people 
really, um, I empower them to really show me and, and do it their way. Let me learn from that mm-hmm. and let me see all the greatness that be, can be, you know, created through putting all these minds together. Um, but then I do really fun things. So um, I set goals and every month there's different um things that I do for my teams when we hit goal. I have different trophies that travel around to our different salons, um, you know, rewarding them for their hard work and having a little friendly competition. I take them out for days on uh, at the spa. I have employees of the year that I recognize. So monthly, I do quarterly dinners with my top performers in my company. Um, I'm working to take my whole leadership team to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico this year. Um, I make it so that I want to, you come and you work hard every single day and you have that passion and that fire. I'm going to reward you right back because I love that. And that's, what's important to me is they show up as their best self. And I'm going to always show up for them even bigger. So I think outside of the box, I do crazy things. I, um, really just want to make it a fun place that they love. And I want them to feel the love that I truly have for them and the appreciation that goes even deeper. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. People often overlook it. And I think that somebody that may be younger, maybe the first time being a quote unquote leader, uh, or somebody that owns a company, right. And having people below you, it's immediate, it's easy to get into that power kick. Like you're the leader. Yeah. Everything is you. One, one thing I personally do is with the team is like, anytime they say, Oh, you did such a good job. I said, no, everything is we, it doesn't matter if one individual person did it. We're all together. It wouldn't happen without. So I don't even like to use we, or, you know, me or I, I like everything to be, we, we did this, we did that. Um, I think that's important, uh, at least personally. Uh, and I think you mentioned something in there with the trophies, praise, right? Nobody's ever too old to be praised. Everybody loves to be recognized and praised when they do something, uh, especially when they do a good job at something. So that's a great, great yeah. way to kind of uh, use that natural human, uh, you know, uh, psychology or whatever to to uplift people, make them want to. I'm sure they work harder because they want that trophy or whatever that, you know, reward may be. Yeah. And it's funny that as much fun stuff as I do and really big things and outside the box things, it's like at the end of the day, my team actually wants a recognition more than anything. And when we peel back the layers and we really talk to our team members, it's like shouting them out and recognizing them and showing up with flowers or bringing coffee. It's like, those are the things that actually go further. And yes, I like to have a ton of fun, but at the same time, it's that recognition on a daily basis and really you know, we have a standout star of the month. Every month Mm -hmm. we're looking for the, you know, the person who stood out the most. And it's like, those are the things that actually go further. So if you're starting out, that's definitely where you want to start and then have fun with it. Like I think of it, what would I want my plate, my workplace to be like, and that's how I go about things. And I make it, you know, a place that I would want to show up to every day. Yeah. Good. I I like, as you mentioned, recognition that goes right along with praise. And that brought me back to a point I heard where like, the, the newer, I guess, millennial generation, whatever, they don't even, they'd rather be, you know, recognized than paid more. They just want that recognition because so many people work in jobs where corporate, obviously you were there uh, before I've been there. It's like, you're just another number in the hat. They don't really care, right? It's like replace right. this person versus the, you know, the, the benefits of working with the small businesses, you get this more like family feel. And that's obviously come a long way. And it sounds like you're doing a wonderful job of cultivating that um, and building that team. I mean, without them, obviously, like you said, you're, without them, you you wouldn't be where you are. So you know that you have to to make sure to take care of them and, and praise them and uh, the dinners and the trips and all these different things you can do. 
uh, for that. And I, this is something I came across and I've tried to do it more um, as I've grown as, as a quote unquote leader, right? And, and maybe you do, do the same when people come to you um, or maybe it's a situation where you need an idea, you need something to be solved, right? And rather than telling the people what they should do, you kind of lead them with questions until they come up with their own conclusion about, hey, this is what we should do. Because if somebody comes up with them themselves, they're more likely to own that and work harder than if you were like, hey, Grant, go do this right now, versus you lead it up. And I say, oh, we should do this. And you're like, yep, that's exactly what we should do. Uh, do you have you do you ever do that? I don't know if it's exactly like a style, but it's just something I yeah. came across as very helpful. Yeah. So essentially what we do is we um, try to be solution based. So anytime that you have a question, we try to have this even down, you know, from our team members to our salon leaders, to our management team. It's like, when you have a question, what is, how would you handle this? Right. If you were at home or if this was your apartment or if this was your friend, like how would you handle this? And a lot of times people get so flustered because it's a business or they don't want to do the wrong thing. And it's like, Mm. Nothing. You can't mess up anything. You know, what's the worst thing you do? You compensate a client too much more than I would have. That's all right. We made them happy and, you know, we'll learn from it next time or you know, yeah. what did they really do wrong. And so really empowering them to come with us with the solution. What would you do? And then um, if you are ready to do it and it's something that you can do, do it. And yeah. if it's not run it by us, tell us what you would do. And we'll tell you, you know, what we think of it and how we, you know, would have done it differently or, you know, just agree with you. And that's awesome. Or, Hey, that's great. Why don't you just add this? And we collaborate and you hit it on the head when it's like, when you do that, then you're empowering them to show up and to really do their best. And then you're empowering them to be able to handle things. If you're a business owner, do you want seven calls a day about how, what do I do with this? How do I do that? What I, it's like, that's not, that's not, you know, owning a business that's, you know, you just babysitting a business. And so, um, those are the, those are the things and the way that you're going to grow versus not. So definitely agree with the solution based and always, you know, asking them and prying them, like we said, with the questions, like that's exactly how we do things as well. Yeah. I love it. Solution based. I was literally writing down empower, as you said that. So that's funny. It's like empower people to, to quote, you know, to own whatever it is they're doing. And then they're, they're more, you know, they're more involved in it. They want to be a part of it. They want to help. They just solve the problem. They feel great, right? Their confidence builds, all these things work on top of each other. Um, and, and, you know, the, the old school, you know, leadership style, I think is obviously gone out the door slowly is trickling out the door, but the do this because I'm the boss thing just doesn't cut it anymore. So um, Aaron can give you some great advice here on, on leading a team, obviously multiple locations, you're, you're, you know, you have a lot of people um, that work alongside of you and, and with you. So you've, you've done, a, done a lot of good things, obviously, to get to where you are, and you wouldn't be there without uh, such great leadership skills. So um, Aaron, before I ask the last question for anybody that wants to reach out to you or has questions for you, what's the best way to, to interact with you? Absolutely. So um, my most active social channel is Instagram. And so you can find me at at OMG underscore it's Aaron. And then um, my email address, which um, is Aaron at AaronNane.com. I'm sure you'll provide that as well. But yeah, nothing excites me more than connecting with fellow business owners, um, starting this journey so long ago, being a female, being a wife and a mom. It's like, 
there wasn't many of me around. And so to see an entrepreneurship wasn't trending back then. Yeah. So to see everyone really going for their dreams and stepping into, you know, uncharted waters, it just really lights my fire. And I just find that when you get business owners together, the exchange of energy that you create, the ideas that you come up with, the things that you can share, just really it's unparalleled. So would love, love, love to connect with you um, and really just, you know, see, you know, your journey and learn about you and um and really that really just makes me super excited so we'd love to connect awesome we'll link all that down below uh for you so you can get to that and uh the last question i have aaron is if you could write a letter to yourself when you were just starting out what would you say Man, I wish that I did, to be honest, but um, this, the last 16 years have flown by and I feel like everything I've been through still seems so raw and, you know, COVID really reminded me of that. But what I would probably say is I would say that um, I would tell myself that everything is going to work out. It may look different than I thought it would, but everything is going to work out for the better. And even when that's hard to believe, keep pushing, keep going, look for the opportunities and everything, and just know that it's going to be better than I would have imagined it to be, even though it may look different. Yeah, that's so true. We, we get in our own way, right? We overthink things, we overanalyze things and all these things. And, you know, I, I think it's, I don't know if it's a quote, but I've heard it before, right? You are exactly where you were supposed to be, right? So never yes. question things that happen or any of that. Obviously, it's easy to say. I know people go through different challenges, but you're where you're supposed to be, uh, you know, believe in yourself. We, we talked about self-belief so much. You, you obviously mentor people and that it's like the number one thing you're saying. So this is consistent. Everybody struggles with it. I don't care if you're Aaron or me or, or, or Elon Musk or <laughs> Jeff Bezos, it doesn't matter, right? Everybody struggles with it. So you have to have that self-belief uh, in yourself. And like you said, uh, things are going to, things are going to work out even better than you expected. So that's, that's great advice. Um, Aaron, it has been a pleasure to get to learn more about you, spend some time with you, um, in your presence. Thanks for sharing your journey. I'm excited to see you continue to grow in your business and everything else that you're doing. Um, thank you so much for, for sharing your story, sharing your time and your expertise. It's, it's, um, it's hard. Like you said, entrepreneurship wasn't trending, you know, 16 years yeah. ago. I, I didn't go that route that long ago. And a lot of people can't relate. Now there's so many more opportunities and so many more ways to leverage technology and all these other beautiful things we have the access to. So thanks so much for, for sharing your story, Aaron. Um, I, I look forward to keeping in touch and, and we'll link all of your social media and, and contact information below. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Have a great day. Happy tanning. You too.